walking in the touch of God. The touch of God can be for so many reasons. Sometimes he touches us and he puts zeal in our hearts. Sometimes he touches us and in the moment he touches you, you're delivered instantaneously. Sometimes he touches you and he heals you. You were sick, you were hurting, you were wounded, and you got healed by the touch of God. I think one of my favorite touches is when I don't know what's going on around me and his touch gives me assurance that I'm all right. I like that touch. It's one of my favorites. I like his touch when he equips me. When I'm weak and I need, I'm in a battle and he comes and touches me and renews my strength. But there's a touch of God that we don't talk about too much in church because it don't make us happy. And that's the touch of the test that comes from God. Sometimes God will touch you and his touch is not easy. Matter of fact, I don't know if you've ever experienced the touch of God where he touched you and it hurt. Sometimes the touch of God isn't easy. Sometimes... It's hard on us. And when God puts our lives to the test, He oftentimes puts us in painful places. We call this the refiner's fire. We don't like to be in the heat, but man, when God turns up the heat, He knows how to turn up the heat. He knows how to burn out the impurities in you sift you and put the dross off, pull the dross out of your life and put in you what he wants to put in you. We don't like that touch, but man, that's the best touch you could ever receive because that's when God is really working on you. And I want you, my goal this morning is very simple. My goal is to show you God in every painful experience. That's my goal this morning. That God was with you when you were hurting. Maybe you're hurting now and you need to know God is still with you. And that's my goal this morning. Very simply, that the pain you are in, there is a purpose in God because of it. I think if I was to ever talk about a man who was hurting, Job would be the guy. Job would be the guy because the devil took pretty much everything from Job. Took his wealth, took his family, left him on an ash heap with boils from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. The only one he left alive was his wife because he could use her. And she said to him, Job, curse God and die. It's exactly what the devil wanted him to do. That's the only one that the devil left alone. Then the devil sent three good friends by. Good friends, I put in quotation marks, because the only reason they were there was to tell tell them, the only reason you're going through all this, Job, is because it's your fault. And God's mad at you. God's upset, and you're being punished. All of that happened to Job, and it was, and here's the thing we don't like to talk about. God was in the test. That's the part we don't like to talk about. We don't like to deal with the fact that it was God that said, hey, have you considered my servant Job? Well, yeah, but you got a hedge about him. I can't get near him. I can't even come close to Job. Well, I'll drop the hedge, God said. It was God that let the hedge down that let the devil in. 
talk about that, but that's true. Sometimes God allows pain so that he can show you something greater. Something you would not be able to grab if you were just on a mountaintop. And so he puts you through some difficult times. And let me show you what Job said about what he was facing. Job said this in, in, in Job 23, 8 through 10. He said this. He, he said, I look, I look, look, I look, I go forward, but he's not there. Who's he talking about? Notice that the word he is capitalized. He's talking about the Lord. I go forward, but he's not there. I go backward, but I, I cannot perceive him. When I, when I, when I, he works on my left hand, I cannot behold him. And when he turns to the right, I cannot see him. What is he saying? He's saying the situation I'm in, all I see is there's evil in front of me. There's evil on my right and on my left. There's evil behind me. All I see is pain and I cannot see him. I'm hurting and I don't understand why I'm in this place. And it hurts to be here, and I'm trying to figure out where is God in all of this pain. But the very next verse, he says this, I don't see God, but he knows the way that I take. I don't see him, but he sees me. He knows the way that I take, and when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold you see the pain has a purpose God is going to do something with you and he loves you too much to leave you where you are amen and so he puts you through things and in things and allows things to come your way in order to move you you see it's God's tools that often baffle us we don't like some of the tools that God uses because the theology of today is God is good. He will never do me harm. God is good. He will never let bad things happen to me. This is the gospel that's being propagated today. God is good. Therefore, I should never hurt. I should never have issues. I should never struggle. I should never have a night where I'm up all night in tears. I should never have difficulty. That's the theology that is being preached today. But can I tell you that is a false theology. That sometimes God will touch you and it doesn't feel good. It's not supposed to feel good. It's supposed to move you in a direction. It's meant to shift your life forever. That's what it's meant to do. And so the, the situation is sometimes difficult. I want you to think about this. That in Job's life, God was the one who let the hedge down. And there's two things you need to know about Job's experience. Two things that are very important. One, God holds the reins on Satan. Satan is a flea in God's sight. And one day he's going to flick him into a lake of fire and that's where he'll be. But he's nothing more than a pawn in the hands of God. God controls him. Notice what God said. Have you considered my servant? Well, yeah, I consider him, but I can't get to him. You protect him. I can't touch him. That means God said, you can only do what I say you do. Are you following me? God has the reins on Satan, and praise God for that. God holds him at bay. But the second lesson you need to know, go ahead, you can give him praise. God will allow evil to bring about 
his goodness. What? Think about this. Say, what? Amen. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It just dipped right out of my heart. Amen. So, <laughs> God will use the evil around you to show you his goodness. Think about this. You would not know evil unless, you would not know good unless you had experienced evil. This is good because that over there was bad. This feels good because that didn't make me feel good. You know goodness based off the evil that is around you. You understand the goodness of the Lord because you've been through some evil places and God brought you out to his goodness. And so it's the evil that expresses the glory of God and, and how grand he really is. But God will take the evil things around you and he will turn it around for your good. And that's what we don't like to talk about. We, we always go right there, but we don't like to talk about the evil we're in at the moment. Job said, I don't see him over there. 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 I can't see him. I got evil surrounding me in every place. I don't see him, but I thank God he sees me. He sees me. Now let me, let me express this in two other stories so you, get, so you can see this. Think about Joseph. God dreams in Joseph, right? His dreams, the sun, the moon, the stars, they pay homage to you, Joseph. Your brother's sheaves, they bow down before you, Joseph. They're going to bow before you. And God's dreams are so big for Joseph that he don't even comprehend everything God is about to do in his life. But in order to get the dreams fulfilled in Joseph's life, he has to hurt Joseph. And that's the part we don't like to talk about. The, the, the brothers become a necessary evil when they throw him in a pit and leave him there and sell him into the Midianite hands as a slave. That had to hurt. I'm sure he had nights of crying and tearful nights where he said, God, I don't see you. I don't understand. You gave me dreams. You gave me dreams. I thought my brother's sheaves were going to bow down for me. How do I get to them bowing in a place of slavery? I'm sure there were moments of total confusion. But Joseph, at the end of Joseph's life, see, we got the privilege to fast forward and see the end of Joseph's life. And at the end of Joseph's life, he goes from the pit to the palace, and he is second in command of the largest nation on the earth in his day. And his brothers come to him to get some food, and guess what his brothers do? All of Egypt bows down to Joseph. And guess what gods they worship? They worship a god that is of the sun. They worship the star god. They worship the moon god. And they all bow down before Joseph. God fulfilled his dreams. But in order for Joseph to get where God destined him to be, he had to go through the pain of it. He went through the pain so he could possess the promise. That's something we don't like to talk about, but that's the truth of it. It was at the end of Joseph's life, at the end of it, that Joseph says to his brothers, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Amen? I still believe that God turns things around. 
that what the devil plotted on me to kill me, God said, no, that's going to give you a greater life. What the devil thought was going to bring me down, no, God said, I'm going to give you a stronger faith. What the devil thought was going to make me tuck, tail, and run, caused me to stick my feet in the dirt and go, devil, you can't have me. It put in me a strength, even though I was tested. You see, you don't gain strength unless you're under pressure. You must be pressured so that you can get strong. You can't get strong when you're just laying on a couch eating potato chips. You get pressure and you get strong. That's how it works. And so God puts the vice on us and he squeezes us. And his goal is that the only thing that oozes out of you is Jesus. I heard Clendenin say that, sis. That's Clendenin right there. I, I quoted Clendenin. Amen. If you don't know him, you need to learn who that guy is. Mighty man of God. You see, God permits evil to exist because he has a plan. Think about this. Salvation wouldn't be possible if evil didn't say, give us Barabbas. How did you get saved? Some evil person said, give us Barabbas, give us Barabbas. And the evil of the cross, the evil of the beating, the evil of the spitting, the mockery, and the crown of thorns, and the piercing of the hands and feet became salvation for you and I. God took what the enemy meant for evil, and he made it for your good. Are you following me now? So not every painful experience are you just going through for some unknown reason. You might be in pain right now, but there is purpose in what you're going through. And that's my goal. I need to teach you this. I need to explain it to you because the pro sometimes to get to the blessing, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Sometimes to get to the blessing, you must go through some pain. In order to get to the blessing, sometimes it's going to hurt. Think about this. The delivery room is filled with cries. It first begins with the mother's cry. The travail, the pain, the agony of giving birth. But then when the, birth, the birthing is done, the cries switch. The baby cries, and the mother says, bring me that baby. The blessing came through the pain. So I'm asking you this morning, what delivery room are you in? What are you birthing right now in the painful experience? What is coming through you that you don't even understand? All you feel is the travail of it. Because many times we are in pain and we don't realize that God is birthing something in our own spirit, our own heart, that we, don't even, we can't even fathom and understand until we're on the other side of it. Now, I read to you this story for a reason. I read to you this story because I was jogging one day, just running down the road. And the Holy Spirit dropped this into my heart, walking, walking in the touch of God. And he took me to Jacob in my mind. I'm in my mind. I'm, I'm just in my mind. I'm imagining Jacob. And I see Jacob wrestling. And as he's wrestling... He's touched. The Bible said his hip went out of joint. Now, I don't know if you ever had anything go out of joint. But that don't tickle. 
Jacob wasn't going, oh, bless the Lord, he, he touched me. Oh, yes, he touched me. And oh, you know, he wasn't doing that. There wasn't some exciting moment. He wasn't like, glory, look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. It wasn't a feel-good moment when the Lord touched him. He went, ah, oh, you touched me. And it hurt. And in my mind, I saw Jacob just bellowing out in pain. But nonetheless, it was the touch of God. It was the touch of God. And from that moment in Jacob's life, everything changes. Because who Jacob was, was about to become something different. Because God took him through a painful touch. And so I, I, was, I, was, I, I asked the Lord the simple question, why is it, God, that sometimes your touch hurts? Why did you touch Jacob and it hurt him? And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit spoke to me as clear as day. The reason why it hurt was so that I could stop the destructive path that he was on. And can I tell you that sometimes God puts pain in your life because the only way he can get your attention is if you stop? Yeah, now, I, 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 I like to play soccer, and I get over it. You know, I'm, I got a 41-year-old body, and I got like a, I got like a 16-year-old spirit. And this 41-year-old body likes to try to run like a 16-year-old spirit. And my spirit is gung-ho, man. I'm ready. No one's going to get by me. No, I mean, I, if the ball may go by me, but you ain't going by me. And you may go by me, but that ball ain't going. But one of the two's happening. That's how it's. And in my mind, I got this spirit in me that goes. But you know what happens to my 41-year-old body? I get to running like I'm 16, and my muscles go, oh, oh, you can't do that. And I'll pull something. You know what my body immediately does? Oh, oh, oh. And it's usually a calf. You know, when you're carrying extra mass in the upper area and you're running, it's not a very good thing on the muscles down low. And, and my calf, I pull that muscle. You know what it immediately does? Stop. And I start. Somebody's in pain. Sermon illustration in the back, folks. Sermon illustration. <laughs> I, start, I start baby in that area. I start focusing for a moment. Have you ever thought that maybe the reason why you're hurting is because God's saying, stop. Let me talk to you. That God has something to say. He wants to change the course of your life. And the path you are on is more destructive than the pain he is causing you. And so he puts the pain on you because he has a goal for your life. And the only way he can get your attention is he's got to hurt you so you'll stop for a moment and say, God, I don't understand. And God grabs you through the pain. Think about it. How many of us were saved in the pit of our own life? 
It was in that pit that you looked up and went, I don't know how I got here. Help. Oh, praise God for every broken path that led you to God. Praise God for every horrible situation that made you draw closer to Him. Praise God for every painful experience that made you pray all night until you felt God say it's going to be all right. Praise God for all of that. Because God knows the end of the path you were on is worse than the little bit of pain he causes you. And so he puts you in a place. He says, let me touch you so that you'll never forget that I brought you here. And so he puts you in a painful place. It's God's way of stopping destructive paths. And the Spirit of God put this into me as well. It's God's way of burning change into your character. He's burning change into you. You see, you were running gung-ho. Head first. Excited. Running into the destruction of your own life. Running into it. And so God said, i got to change this destructive pattern. And the only way to do that is to churn up the heat. i got to hurt them so they never forget. How do we train a child? Well, we used to anyway. They don't let you do it anymore. Don't come in my house if that's the way it is at your home. My house runs old-fashioned. How do, how do we change the direction of a child? We'd heat up a certain part of their anatomy. And that would change the course of the direction. It hurt, but it was a necessary pain. There may be a little tears, a little crying. There's still hugs after. Still love after. And the point of it is to change the character. Change the child into being something they should be and not what they shouldn't be. And so the way God uses pain is his painful experience in your life is to burn in a new character. What you think about this, God touched him. And when he touched him, it changed the way he walked for the rest of his life. So what is the pain doing in you? What, what, is, what is God trying to change in you to make you walk different? What is it in you that's causing grief between the relationship with God that he says, I got to get that out. And so I'm going to put some pain in that life. I'm going to put some struggle in that life. I'm going to take it through the valley. I'm going to take it through the vice of the Spirit of God. And I'm going to squeeze that life. So that way, when, the, when, when it's all said and done, I'm going to push out what needs to be out. And I'm going to put in what needs to be in. That kind of shift only happens when you are in the pain of the struggle. You see, Jacob's hip went out. With some of you, what's coming out of you is the sinful patterns of your life. You know that part of your character where sin kind of interwoven into your life? And it's deeply rooted in, into your very character. And so you're saved and you love God, but yet you have this proclivity to keep falling in this area. To struggle in this area. And so God says... I know how to get rid of that. 
this is going to hurt. But when it's done, you're going to be brand new. When it's done, you're going to look back and say, thank you, Lord. You see, only God can take you through a painful experience and you look back through the painful experience and say, man, that was the worst and the best time of my life. I mean, back there it hurt, but oh God, I see what you have done. It's only on the other side of the pain that you can see that kind of glory. You can't see it when you're in it. When you're in it, I don't see him in front of me. I don't see him behind me. I don't see him on the right. I don't see him on the left. I'm glad he sees me. But when you're on the other side of the pain, you look back and say, oh, he was good to me back then. He carried me through. He helped me. I finally see that I never left his hand. Even though it hurt. Even though I couldn't sense it. You see, Jacob... He walked gingerly for the rest of his life. He walked gingerly because he was touched. Pastor Zach, come here. I want to paint a really good picture. Now, usually I'm very careful about how long I preach. I really don't care today. Come on. Come here. There was a wrestling match. And I don't know if you know what wrestling is. It's pretty violent. <laughs> kind of like MMA. Any MMA fans in here? I like MMA. Those fighters train hard. You know why? Because they got to wrestle. They got to wrestle with somebody. I'm going to say it like a uh, wrestle, you know. <laughs> I'm going to go swim in the cement pond out back. Amen. (laughs) They were wrestling. Now, I don't want you to be as violent as Ben was this morning. Okay. (laughs) They were wrestling, and and they grabbed each other. Bless me. Bless me. I want my blessing. And they touched my hip. And then he touched his hip. Ah! Bless me. Bless me. Are you following me? Thank you, Brother Zach. I want you to picture this because at that moment, it went from Jacob being aggressive to Jacob just holding on. Just, he's holding on and he's hurting. His whole experience. I want to tell you what you learn in the pain of it. Let me give you what you learn in the pain of it. You learn humility. You know how some people are stubborn about going to the doctor? I ain't going to no doctor. I don't need no doctor. I don't do doctors. And then they get in pain. I got to go to the doctor. (laughs) Right? Come on. Pain has a way of humbling you. Pain has a way of making you more compassionate. If you didn't go through the struggle, you wouldn't sympathize with those who are going through struggles. And so you learn to be compassionate because you went through something that messed you up. And you know that it was only God that brought you through. And so when you see your brother or sister going through something and they're hurting, you go, oh, Lord, 
I couldn't help them. Let me get over there and pick them up. They need encouragement. Oh, God, I know how you brought me through. And you can bring them through. There's compassion in the place of pride. Because some people who haven't gone through something, they're so self-righteous, they're ready to stone people. Through the pain, God repositions you. Through the pain, you're repositioned. Think about it. Joseph, you're with your family. Your family's good. Jacob's good. Everything's good. You are highly favored. Joseph, you've got a coat that says it. But I can't fulfill you, fill my will over here. I've got to reposition you. And in order to do that, I've got to take you through some pain. Maybe God's trying to reposition the way you, where you live and how you live. So he puts you through the pain. He readjusts you. He makes you flexible. That's what that means. Because before the pain, you were like, this is how we do it. Bless God. This is the end. This is the beginning. And that's how we roll. And this ain't normal church. He's preaching too long. The songs are too loud. I don't like it. Bless God. This is not how we end this thing. And so God takes us through pain, and all of a sudden we're like, you know what, Lord? I don't know the end of the beginning. I don't understand. You just take, you have your way, God. I'm flexible. Whatever you want to do. I've been through so much, I don't even understand it anymore. I just give up. You take over, God. Readjust me. Make me, come on, I'll bend. You want me to bend? I'll bend. You want me to, you want me to sway? I'll sway. You want me to jump? I'll, you want me to cry? I'll cry. Whatever you want, God, I'm flexible. You know how you get there? Pain. Now, let me give you some lessons that I need to teach you, and then I'm done. God takes you through pain for two, two reasons. Why does this touch painful? Because he's trying to stop destructive paths, because he's burning change into your character. You're not going to walk the same after this touch. You're not going to be the same after this touch. You're going to be new. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be more resilient. You're going to have things in your character you didn't have before, so he puts you through the pain. Here's the, here's the next lesson. Here's the lessons I want you to grab. Jacob was touched, and it hurt. It hurt. He was hurting, but he was still holding on. Oh, what a deep, deep truth. You know, some of you are here this morning, and you're hurting. It was all you could do to get up, put your church clothes on, and get here. You've been hurting. Your heart's aching, whether it's a heartache or a physical ache or a, a, a mental anguish in your own mind, whatever it is, you're hurting. But here you are in church. You know what you're doing? You're hurting, but you're still holding on. You're still doing the very best you can to grip on to the God because you know that the blessing is coming. And the only way to get the blessing is to hold on. And so Jacob is holding on, but he, he's holding on because he's waiting for the blessing, but he's still in pain. Can you just look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm hurting, but I'm still holding on. I'm hurting, but I'm holding on. There's been some pain in my past, but I'm still holding on. The devil's tried to take me out more times than I could count, but I'm still holding on. This wrestling match has been difficult, but I'm still holding on. I'm holding on because he's the only answer I have. He's the only recourse I've got. 
I've got nothing else. I need him to bless me. The only way that my life changes is if he touches me and blesses me. Some of you are wrestling this morning, don't even realize it. You're in the midst of a blessing that you have no idea about. God is about to bless you because you're holding on while you're hurting. And that's okay. Your pain does not mean God doesn't love you. Now let me show you the end of this because it's easy to talk about the pain. But on the other end of it, we find the end of it written in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. The end of Jacob's pain is this. By faith, he, he makes it into the, the hall of fame for, for the heroes of faith. And here's his name written, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying. What's that mean, dying? When he was old. That's what that means. He was dying, but he's old. He blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped. Well, here's the key to the whole verse. Leaning on the top of his staff. Think about that for a moment. Why would Jacob be leaning on a staff? And what is the reference to? Are you following me? The end of the pain was that it wasn't just a small touch. It was a long lasting touch. It was a touch that changed the course of Jacob's life every day of his life. When he was old and dying, he was still walking in the touch of God. It was a moment where everything changed. Everything shifted. Everything was new. Everything was changed in his life. And it happened in the pain. Look at this. He was able to bless the sons of Joseph because of it. Know this, that the pain you're going through now is so that you can be a blessing to someone else later. Jacob went through it so that he could bless others. So he could be a blessing. And you haven't worshipped until you've worshipped on the other side of a valley and look back and say, oh, he has been good to me. He has been good to me. He's blessed me when I'm up. He's blessed me when I'm down. My God, He touched me everywhere I am. He's touching me, keeping me. And so God wants to just put this in your heart. God is touching you, and it might hurt. But it's okay. I said it's okay. The pain you're in right now is okay. To get to where God wants you, He had to break you oh but oh where you're going and the praise of the other side of it maybe some of you are on the other side of some pain in your life and you should be the ones to say amen Melissa would you come to the piano I don't know where you are you vanished oh there you are come to the piano this is my altar call today God is trying to get your attention. You're hurting, and here's the reason. God said, look up at me. Look up at me. Focus on me. 
Pay attention to me. Because before the pain, you just run around like a chicken with your head cut off, not knowing what you're doing. Here, there, here, everywhere, up, down, in, out. I mean, just a a complete yo-yo. And God's saying, no, stop. Just give me a moment to show you who I am. So you've been hurting, and God's saying, I'm I'm putting the vice on you because the only way I can grab you by the nap of your neck and look you in the eye and say, I love you, don't you know that? He had to hurt you to get your attention. I know that messes with our theology. But praise God. I said, praise God. That he loved you enough to hurt you so that he could win you, bring you closer to him. God is trying to bring you closer. He wants your attention. Christian, you may be be saved and you may love God, but something interwoven into your very character some sinful thing some besetting sin some deep struggle of the past something that you that you grew up in and it's been just embedded in your character and God is hurting you right now but what you don't understand is he's knocking one thing out of joint so that he can put what he wants in to make you walk the way he wants you to walk and so the pain is to change you I said, the pain is to change you. And God is trying his best to do what he said he would do in you. That he would make you his own. That he would give you a new heart. Give you, make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's what he's doing. Sometimes that touch isn't easy but I want you this morning to be able to praise God wherever you are I don't know where you are maybe some of you are in pain right now maybe some of you just came out of pain some of you about to run right into pain don't even realize it pain is a part of life you know scientists tell us that When you're in pain, like physical pain, like you hurt your body, certain place in your brain lights up. They also tell us that when you're in emotional pain or mental pain, the same places in your brain light up. Because the mind interprets pain as pain. So it doesn't matter if it's physical, emotional, or mental. It's still all pain. It's on the same field. And some of you are in pain right now, struggling, and you don't even realize it's God putting you in the delivery room saying I want to bless you and the only way that Jacob can get from being Jacob to Israel is he had to be touched when he was touched the change came all the glorious change all the glorious change would you stand with me